everyone, my name is Esti Elias, co-host of Keeping Up with the Chaldeans. Today we have my co-host Anthony Toma, and we have Mark Ambrose, a veteran for Congress, and he's running for the 11th district. The new 11th district, that's the right. New 11th yes. district. So yeah, we just wanted to have you on and just talk about like what inspired you to run. Well, thanks so much. Yeah, so I had um, I previously served as a as an army officer years and years ago. Uh, I've been working in, in finance now for about 24 years and wonderful career, but I always felt that I missed something in terms of the public service. And so in the back of my mind, I always wanted to get back into it. But I think that the trigger for me was during the pandemic, uh, my wife and I have three kids and one of them's autistic. And I remember about seven months into the pandemic, I came home and my son Patrick was lying on the kitchen floor doing sit-ups in front of a laptop computer for his Zoom PE class. <laughs> and this is well after the whole flatten the curve stage. This is well after we knew wow. the kids weren't really transmitting to their teachers. Mm -hmm. And yet my boys were locked at home rather than being able to go to school. And, right. And so there was this feeling of helplessness that I had. It was, it was funny watching it, but mm -hmm. this helplessness, I thought, you know, if I can do something that will prevent all of these orders coming down and, and, and really what's happened was, uh, through executive orders and judicial rulings, they were circumventing the legislature. All right. the people we had elected to make these laws and these judgments were, were being pushed to the side. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to be a part of something that uh, we would stop that from happening ever again. So that was really the, the, the genesis of my deciding to, to run for office. And so I'll, I'll just tell you the, the, the district that I'm part of is, is the new 11th district. So it's all in Oakland County, uh, but it's everything south of Clarkston the northern edge is Lake Angeles, and it goes all the way down to the border with Detroit. So it includes Ferndale, Royal Oak, uh, Oak Park in the east. And then on the western part of the county, it includes Wixom and Walled Lake and Commerce Township. Um, so it's, it's pretty broad. There's a little bit of a carve out around Southfield and Beverly Hills. That's a different district. But uh, for the most part, all in Oakland County. That's amazing. Yep. And where did you grow up in Michigan? Yeah, so I grew up right here. Nice. I grew up in Bloomfield Township. Amazing. Yeah, and so I I, I went to St. Regis and Brother Rice oh, High School. So cool. You know, went to school with, with some great Chaldean families as well. I uh, know them really well. I grew up with them from first grade on. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I grew up in Bloomfield Township. Uh, then I went away to uh, uh, to undergraduate at West Point. So I, I was studying at the U.S. Military Academy. Wow. And uh, then went off and served as an army officer for, for a number of years. I was over, stationed over in Korea, wow. Kentucky, number of different places. Um, uh, and then I went to graduate school and went to graduate school back east at, at Columbia University. And so I did a graduate degree in international affairs uh, with a specialty in, in Russian studies, sort of applicable for some of the things oh, that are wow. going on today. <laughs> um, and then I also did an MBA in finance. And so Citibank moved me out to the West Coast. Uh, this was a long time ago, back in, in 1998. So I was out there for about 10 or 11 years, met my wife, who is a prosecutor in Los Angeles. And uh, when we were expecting our third child, we decided that this is such an idyllic place to live. We want to raise our kids here back where my whole family is. Mm -hmm. And so we moved about a mile away from where I grew up and, and we're right here in Bloomfield Township again. We've been back for 13 years since 2009. Oakland County always sucks you back in. That's right. You know, it's all, <laughs> that's Best exactly place right. to raise a family. It, it Don't is. Don't you think so? Well, and, it, and it's funny, we moved back in the, during the financial crisis in 2009. And so many people were saying, oh my gosh, why in the world did you move back? Mm. What are you talking about? This is a perfect place to raise a family. And so, you know, this is a place we wanted to, wanted to live out the rest of our lives and happy to be here. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. So let's, uh, 
let's keep it that way, I guess, right? Exactly. I mean, there's a lot of things that have shifted and changed and from the from the schools to the I guess the government and the governor and the Congress and yep. a lot lot has changed and, and how are you gonna help make sure that, that we're back to good old Michigan, Oakland County life? Yeah, yeah. I, I think so I'll just mention a couple of priorities that sure. I would have um elected to Congress. Uh, number one, we've got to get control of inflation. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think I think my background in in, yeah. in finance with an MBA and I also am a what's called a chartered financial analyst. I have a lot of background in, in economics. And and we've done three things wrong that I see just in this administration. Uh, number one, I don't know if you remember this, there was a one point nine trillion dollar package that was jammed through Congress mm-hmm. a little over a year ago. Yeah. And the economy was already growing at six percent in the first quarter of twenty twenty one. And they put it in there anyway, it was unnecessary spending. And there were a number of Democrat economists that warned against it. And it was pouring kerosene on the fire. So that that was problem number one, this really foolish spending that we had. Problem number two is that we decided that we no longer wanted to be energy independent. And and we really put the the clamps on um, making sure that we drilled for gas and oil here in, in, in domestically. And I'm a big proponent of alternative energy. I actually drive uh, a Chevrolet Bolt, uh, but it's not appropriate for everybody. And and we still need those fossil fuels right now. And saying that you're going to kill off the fossil fuel industry does nothing to have them invest in production. And so that was problem number two. The third one is interest rates should have been raised slowly a year ago. Mm -hmm. Remember all of the talk about inflation being transitory. Yeah. Well, on its face, that was stupid mm-hmm. because you looked at it and if you've raised somebody's salary, you can't just suddenly cut that. Yeah. That's per- that's a permanent, very sticky change that you're making. Right. So what you had was the Federal Reserve, which controls interest rates, really became very politicized and they were do- parroting the same talking points of the Biden administration. So all th- three of those things combined to get us into this position with inflation that we really need to reverse. And it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be overnight. But you need somebody who has the background there. And, and I would say from my primary or from the general election opponents, both Haley Stevens and Andy Levin have come out with statements saying that inflation has been caused by price gouging business owners, that's so which sick. obviously <laughs> is is just crazy on its surface. Well, that's their that's what they've they're trained to kind of chirp. Yeah. You know, that's, yeah. that's all it is. Absolutely. Just a bunch of little birds chirping, right. <laughs> chirping away. <laughs> You know, and I, and I just want to mention two other things real sure. quick. So the another big concern for a lot of people in the district is, is some of the illegal immigration that's going on mm-hmm. and some of the problems that are happening at our southern border. Um, I'll tell you, when I was in the Army Reserves, I actually served down at in Douglas, Arizona at the border. Wow. We were supporting a group of Navy engineers that was reinforcing and extending the border wall down there. Sleepy little town. But just in the couple of weeks that I was there, you could see the violence and that that having a porous border invites. There yeah. were some of my, my soldiers went out uh, with the Border Patrol and found human remains. Oh my gosh. We uh, there were four shootings there that weekend. Mm, uh, so two murders. Um, and so I'm absolutely an advocate for legal immigration, even expanding it if we need to. Yeah. But we need to know who's coming into the country and we need to make sure that it's not a, a pathway for human trafficking yeah. or drug smuggling that's hurting so many Americans. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's real problems. And I, I saw some of the problems that when I lived in Los Angeles too, you saw, um, you know, some of the issues around emergency rooms shutting down in our poorest areas. And yeah. so 
people in South Central LA had to travel 40 minutes Ouch. at times to get to an emergency room. Yeah. And, and you question how, how many people died with a heart attack trying yeah. to get to that emergency room. Wow. Um, and I think then the last thing that I, I just mentioned is a, is a key priority of mine. You can probably imagine being in the military. I want us to have a strong military that's never going to be challenged. Yeah. Right. We want peace through strength. Absolutely. And I think that the, the focus uh, in this administration, they've taken their eye off the ball a bit and haven't had great strategy in place, as you can see from our uh, evacuation of Afghanistan. Mm -hmm. um, and I want to make sure that we focus strictly on fighting and winning our wars and making sure that no other country is going to challenge us. So I think that those are the, the main priorities that I wanted to make sure That's I mentioned. Incredible. So how, how does a single individual in Congress help that all of that happened being the way that uh, the Democrats kind of stick together like glue and, and vote a, a, one certain way. How do we how do we help that? I, you know, Putting I, more people in seats. Yeah, I, th I think so. I think uh, one thing is, you know, we really need that red wave to happen mm -hmm. in the fall. We really need Republicans to be in there. Yeah. But I also think that we're going to need to find a way to communicate with people from the other party. Of course. Right. We need to we need to bring down the temperature in yeah. Congress. That's been a real problem. And look, frankly, I've seen it from the Democrat side, particularly that anything that's proposed by a Republican is immediately dismissed as racist, mm -hmm. evil, something that can't be the response that happens. You have to have people that sit in the room and have a dialogue that is um, logical. And, what's what's the big elephant in the room? Like, what is causing all this? Because like, it's not, it's got to be a collective effort, right? It can't just be yeah. coincidence that every single Democrat votes a certain way on a certain issue. Yeah, I, frankly, what I've seen so far is I think it's just the people in the leadership positions are so desperate to retain power mm -hmm. that if anybody gets out of line then they're not going to be on any committees right. in Congress and they're not going to get any fundraising support. Mm -hmm. And I think you get too many people in Congress who are so desperate to retain their position mm -hmm. that they'll just do anything to uh, go along with leadership. And so, you know, you, you've seen that with both Haley Stevens and Andy Levin. They're not speaking up against no. any initiatives that Nancy Pelosi is putting out there. And so you wonder, could they possibly be in lockstep on every issue? Um, I think Haley Stevens even had something on her website where she said, I've supported 100 percent of President Biden's initiatives. Now, I is that, is that, I, is that I, something I, to be proud of. So, right. so we put it on her. Right. But Everything that's going on right now, right now is on her. Right. That, well, that, that, she's that's taken, right. She's taken the, the credit. She's taken. That's exactly right. The fall. Yeah, that's I that that that's what I think. Yeah. Right. And so I, I think you need to have somebody who's who can have an independent voice. Mm -hmm. And we, we just don't have that now. And and. You know, if I'm lucky enough to get to that point, we're going to have a debate with them. I would simply say, if you like how things are going currently, then vote for Andy Levin yeah, or Haley Stevens. Sure. If you want to change, then vote for me. Yeah. Yeah. Because you have a finance background. Yeah. So what do you see? This is a big question. Oh, goodness. What do you see like happening in the next one to two years with our economy? I know it's hard to guess, but I'd yeah. just love to hear your expertise. I I would say that, <clears throat> so the Federal Reserve recently, they're trying to play catch up and, and raising rates pretty dramatically. So you saw the most recent one was, was 0.75%, 75 basis points, they, they raised uh, rates. That's the most that they've done in any one session wow. since 1994. Wow. Um, and they're likely going to do it again at the end of July. Mm -hmm. uh, some people are even talking about raising 1%. 
you can't raise interest rates that quickly without tipping the economy into recession. Mm-hmm. So the question is, can you do that so it's a quick recession and that we're able to bounce back, uh, or is it or is it dragged out? Um, I would like to believe that they're able to do this to take that medicine and then we're quickly able to rebound. I think a couple of things that we could do on the inflation front that are would just be very easy uh, would be removing some of the tariffs that we have in place right now uh, that that would uh, reduce inflation by you know, 0.2%. Mm-hmm. The other thing that I think is an irresponsible policy of the administration right now, they're actually putting $5 billion a month of stimulus into the economy through the moratorium they have on payments for student loans. Oh, wow. So, you know, we're, there aren't uh, student loan payments being made. And so that's actually causing additional cash to go into the economy yeah. mm-hmm. that people who have these loans don't have to pay back those so loans. So they're forgiving the student loan for, for well, portion so, of the student loan? Yeah, so, or, so, they're, so they're not forgiving the loan per se, but it's 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 a freeze it on any payment. Yeah. So during that period when they don't have to make, somebody has an extra three or $400 a month, they're spending that into the economy and that's exacerbating inflation as well. Wow. So that's something that needs to be looked at. We need to stop frankly, subsidizing some of those people that have advanced degrees and have an ability to pay um, that that we need to get back to the normal order. And that would help to bring down inflation a bit too. But one thing I, I'll tell you also just about inflation yeah. is the administration talks a lot about it being a global problem. Oh, wow. That's not true. Wow. It, in Japan right now, inflation's at two and a half percent. In the, the European Union and the United States, it's about the same at 8.6%. Mm. I'm sorry if I'm being a little nerdy on, no, on this it. point. No, no, it's fine. But it's about 8.6% in both the EU and the US. But there's the volatile energy component. So Europe pays three times as much as we do for natural gas. Wow. So that's actually boosting up that headline number that they have. If you strip out energy and food from the US and European numbers, they're only at 3.8%. We're at six. So you can see that oh. there are things that are very specific that we've done wrong that the rest of the world has not. And to say, oh, it's a global problem or yeah. it's because of Russia's invasion of the Ukraine is a cop out. Yeah. It, it, is, it is not President Biden saying the buck stops here. He's, he's trying to blame it on everybody else. And the Democrats doing the same thing by blaming it on gas station yeah. owners. I think everyone in the whole administration is doing this. The That's same right. Thing. That's right. And it's, it's, it's really unfortunate because in campaigning, there was a lot of discussion about President Biden being the unifier, doing all this. And as soon as he got into office, it was exactly the opposite. That, that, that disappointed me. As if people aren't already in a bad mood pulling up into a gas station. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, <laughs> so exactly. Exactly. So do you feel I wonder with this like next recession? First of all, I, I, I heard that they were announcing a recession July 1st or something like that. Oh, so yeah. So what what happens? The technical definition of a recession is two quarters mm-hmm. of negative growth of a decline. Mm-hmm. So the first quarter, I think we were negative uh, 1.4% in terms of gross domestic product. Okay. Um, and so if this quarter, if the second quarter that went through the end of June is negative as well, that meets the technical definition of a recession. Yeah. And so there's a lot of talk that, oh, well, maybe the second quarter was better. And so we had growth during that period. I don't know. It seems to me, in, in in my experience, whenever there is this debate about whether or not we were in a recession, typically we were. Wow. And and you see some of that. There's there's been you know decreases in gasoline usage that happened most recently, and and decreases in housing permits and a lot of these things. So you can see the effect in housing right away in terms of 
uh, a big decline in some of the sales because mortgage rates have just shot up. Yeah. yeah. Right. They're about twice as high as they were a year ago. Yeah. So when you said the 1.9 trillion they spent, I remember reading that. What was that for? It was called the American Rescue Plan. Mm -hmm. And there were a lot of pieces of it that were unproductive. So if you remember those $2,000 checks that were just sent out to everybody or extending unemployment. I agree with you about that. Right. It's yeah. just a Band-Aid. Yeah. And we're going to have to pay for it at some point. Well, that's that's right. I mean, it's, it's one of these superficial things like you've heard about President Biden is taking a million gallons from our strategic petroleum reserve every day. Mm -hmm. And that's a Band-Aid. Yeah. And yet then we're not going to have that strategic reserve yeah. or we're going to refill it at the highest prices. Yeah. Um, which, again, you know, just sort of these silly Band-Aids that he's putting yeah. on right now that that aren't terribly effective. And like those unemployment checks stimulated the economy. The opposite would be a destimulus. But I do wonder yeah. if the government is going to do the same thing again and give out more money again because they clearly don't then, care. Well, then you're going to have inflation go higher and higher. And that was... You know, we were on the precipice of doing even more damage to inflation. If you remember the Build Back Better plan, that was when uh, the only reason that didn't go through is because um, Joe Manchin of West Virginia said no mm -hmm. in the Senate. Otherwise, that would have been the same thing where it was a 50-50 split in the Senate yep. and Kamala Harris would have broken the tie. And that was trillions of additional yeah. spending that were going to go in. And I mean, who knows what inflation would have been like if, if yeah. that had gone through as well. So, are we in like 40 trillion of debt oh my country. gosh i i would need to look that one up i, I don't remember when i was in hand. middle school it was like three or four trillion mm -hmm. and now it's like i think i think i think be, mm -hmm. could, i think it's like 30 to 40. yeah so it's like how are we ever going to pay that back well that, that's right i mean that's that's the burden we put on our children and grandchildren right as soon as, as we're borrowing all of this it's just completely irresponsible for yeah. the other generations coming through so yeah yeah tell us more about um some upcoming events that you have and just more about like what you would want to say to the Chaldean community in Oakland County? Oh, thank you so much. Well, uh, I have an event in Commerce Township this Saturday just to get to know voters at the at the library in Commerce Township. So uh, that's one that's coming up. I think we're going to have uh, a fundraiser at uh, Birmingham Country Club in the coming weeks. Nice. I mean, we'll put that on, on the website at some point. Um, what I would say to the Chaldean community is uh, I growing up here, you see what everyone who's come over from Iraq has been able to achieve in this country, right? I mean, it really is the American dream, right? If somebody's willing to work hard and take risks, they can be unbelievably, unbelievably successful. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's what I, I mean, that's one of the things that I just love so much about this country is it gives opportunity to those people who are willing to work hard. And I think you see the embodiment of that in so many Chaldean families that are incredibly successful here. Yeah. And um, and and it's something to be proud of. For sure. Yeah. I saw, I don't know if this is true or not, but I saw this uh, statistic that our our community has generated like a billion dollars mm -hmm. in Michigan. Yeah. Over, I don't know how many years, but in one generation. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, it, it, it truly is amazing to me. So many of the, the, the successful families had maybe a, a small shop or a grocery store when they first came over yeah. and then just built these empires yeah. afterwards. And I remember the kids that I was going to school with at Brother Ice, they were always working until mm -hmm. 10 or 11 at night mm -hmm. at the family store. You know, I was home watching TV and they were out working so hard every night. And yeah. I'm, I, I was always impressed. And, you know, it's, it's not a mystery to me why they've been so successful. Yeah, I yeah. totally agree with that. 
And have you uh, tried Chaldean food? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I've ever had a chance to have Chaldean food. I'll have to give you some. Really? Yeah. To make you some. <laughs> yeah. What are you going to say, Ant? Um, I was just going to say that, you know, growing up with the Chaldeans and now you're here mm -hmm. uh, again, trying to do a civic duty to help the community and share the values and bring those values to, you know, Congress and, and hopefully uh, get laws in place and legislation in place that that will protect us all from the negative powers that be out there. Yeah, and we appreciate that. Oh, absolutely. I appreciate that for sure. Oh, you know, I did want to just mention it. If, if you want to hear any more about the priorities of the campaign, so our, mm -hmm. our website is www.voteambrose.com. So A-M-B-R-O-S-E. That's amazing. Yeah. Any relation to uh, Danny Ambrose? No, so different family. Okay. So yeah, I think I think Dan is part of a family of attorneys that are in yep. the western part yep. of yep. Oakland County. Yep. Yep. But yeah, you know, it's a surprisingly common name. Then there's Ambrose Field at Brother Ice. But again, that's not the same family. Gotcha. All yeah. right, cool. Amazing. Well, thanks for joining us. Thanks for sharing. Best of luck and let us know what we can do and what the community can do to help you uh, get uh, the win. Yeah. Please make sure you turn out and vote on August 2nd. That's sure. the date of yeah. the primary. So. August awesome. 2nd. Yeah. Thank you so much. Please like, subscribe, follow us on Instagram. It's K-U-W-T-C Chaldeans on Instagram. And thanks so much for watching. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. This Appreciate has been great. Yeah. Thanks. thanks.